I'm Jack Morrissey. What's up? And that's Kerrigan Hennings. And Matt Cohen, are you not going to be on microphone? Do you want me to be? Well, remember back in the day, you were like the co-host. Okay, <laughs> I am plugging in a microphone. Oh. Anyway, we're, we're back. This is the podca- than ever. podcast equivalent of dropping a... Uh, Dropping an album. In the oh, grand yeah. tradition now Beyonce of stuff. like shows and movies being rebooted like 13 years later for no reason <laughs> arbitrarily. We're just randomly Jay and back. Silent Bob. I mean, we want that rebooted. Uh, <laughs> more like Clueless, which which I'm unhappy about. Is yeah, being no. rebooted? Oh, yeah. No. I mean, they, they claim they want to reboot it. No. We'll see how far off the ground that's ridiculous. That goes. It's, it's such an artifact of the 90s. And what's the, the only difference is you add in like Snapchat and Facebook. It's not like that yeah. dynamically fucking different of a time. <laughs> yeah. Right? Like, yeah. Right there. I'm sorry. Very go ahead. Fair. Your podcast. <laughs> before oh, no. I start ranting about Clueless. So just very quickly, I was at dinner with uh, Kerrigan Hennings, former Team Jack podcast guest the other night. Um, needless to say, we had at least one adult beverage and Kerrigan <laughs> s- said to me, um, what are you going to bring that podcast back? I want to be your drunken co-host. <laughs> and so I sent a text to Matt Cohen right from the table and we lined this up for today, Saturday, the 11th, I think, or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Malibu is burning. The day after still. Malibu burnt down. Well, it's still burning. That they have zero percent containment, and we're in a lull now between so-called Santa Ana wind events, with another one coming tomorrow oh, that will blow until Tuesday. Oh, and so, the the million dollar my million dollar question is where can the um, where can this fire go? And I think the answer is north, because I think there's a still a shit ton of Ventura. North up to Ventura. Well, they were like Oxnard, it would go into Ventura County, Santa Barbara, but between Malibu and Point Mugu, I think it's called. There's a Leo Carrillo State Beach. There's still a ton of um, wild mountainous hill region that has not burned yet. Yeah, all of like Point Doom, like that entire yeah between hasn't really Leo been Carrillo hit yet. And Malibu proper, it hasn't been hit at all yet. Yeah, and as we remember just about a year ago this time with the Thomas fire, which started in Ventura at, oh, yeah. uh, at like three in the morning. Then it comes roaring down Burbank. and no, like it, it's such horror on day one. And you're like, Oh my God, Ventura is burning. And, but, but then it's like, Oh shit, they can't stop it. And it just keeps rolling up to Montecito, Santa Barbara, and I think this one is um, the Woolsey fire is is I hate is just it, getting started. It's been, yeah. it's been. I mean, I saw it in the newspaper or newspaper that doesn't exist anymore. I saw it on Twitter today. It sure does. Um, uh, apparently, this is the single most destructive wildfire in like American history so far. I thought it was the Camp Fire, which is in Northern California. Is is that statistic? Is the one that's whatever. getting that. One of them yes. is is yeah. Regardless, it's not good. I read a thing. It jumped the 101? Yeah. Yeah, in three places. How does fire jump? Embers. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Terror. Could yeah, so we're doing a podcast. Embers and wind. <laughs> Good yeah, times. So we're doing Back a podcast. Time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, it's interesting because when this whole thing started, when I went on, for some reason, Kevin Smith, Kevin and Jen Smith's Morning morning show, show? and it's sort of like, why or how did that happen? I think Kevin asked me to come on, just because they were there was it was five mornings a week or something, and they were trying to (laughs) vary it up. But um, that felt like it was. I don't think it was in the early days of podcasting, but um, but still over Halloween, uh. Halloween just recently, a bunch of people I know went down to the Dolby Theater where they give out the Academy Awards every year to see a live podcast taping, and that's like a yeah. that might be a. I mean, there there have been definitely been bigger four thousand seater or something. It's it's a big crowd. That is like a very popular podcast. The one you're talking about, it's, which is it's called not, it's it is far from my favorite in the world, and right. I don't want to be a, a pod dick, but it's not for me. Maybe it's called um, my favorite murderer. Yeah. It's hosted by Karen Kilgariff and another gal whose name I don't know. And it's a true crime podcast. 
Okay. Um, with very much of their personality inflected into it, which is what made me not love it. <laughs> it's not my favorite. And we're off to the races. Okay, in the in the pod climate right now, Hashtag since we've been away, Jack, uh, uh, the true, pod climate, true crime podcasts have become like the number one thing by far, right? And there's yeah. like two. There's a reigning king and queen. You've got my favorite murderer, uh, which we just talked about, which did the live show and appeals pretty solely to women, but they are the most popular fucking podcast on the internet. Okay. And then the dude version of that is a podcast called uh, Last Podcast to the Left. Okay. Which is a bunch of male comedians who do a similar true crime, alien shit, ghost stuff, uh-huh. serial killer, but that's become the number one genre of podcasting in the last couple of years. Okay. Which is scary because I heard a statistic recently that in like the 1930s in Germany and specifically Bavaria, the nation became obsessed with true crime and murder reporting. Interesting. So people have dr- oh drawn God. a connection between the rise oh, of totalitarian no. governments. Wow. And people become obsessed with like making a murderer and serial and all this shit. Yeah. 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 In like a schadenfreude or an escape way. I haven't figured out the correlation yet. Yeah. Maybe it's like, like getting to the bottom of a, of a trying to control, you know, get to the bottom of something. I think it's control and I think it's seeing shit happening to people, seeing really bad stuff happen to people that aren't you to make you feel better about yourself. Yeah. <laughs> I really think that. And the shit that you're doing. That comes down to the extent. And of your it. garbage yeah. beliefs. Yup. Well, all you have to do is go to the Grove for that. Yeah, that's true. Uh, are we a political podcast now? <laughs> well, I mean, all it's of life is political. I know that. You know what? And I'm not even going to name any names here, but this is a good subject for this show, which is mostly Hollywood related. I know a lot of uh, actors and filmmakers and, and just a lot of people who in their personal lives are incredibly liberal and uh, are afraid to show a side on social media because they think they will lose potential audiences in the Midwest. And like friends yeah. of mine even, and it's hard to have that discussion with them kind of yeah. with like, do you really want those people? But yeah. I, I get it a little bit. If you're a public figure, I think a lot of people are having a tough time towing the line yeah, a, a little bit. And I think, yeah, a lot of podcasts don't go into it, honestly. That's interesting. Yeah. It's a weird yeah, time. Yeah, I mean... Man. You love we Trump, all spend right? a lot of time. Obviously. We haven't spoken about it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, we're all I'm big Trump people. My, <laughs> my, uh, Go get your MAGA hat. MAGA hat is just over there, which, as somebody pointed out on Twitter, is um, so effective at covering covering my lobotomy scar. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I... And that's Peter and Drew. Those are two giant dogs who weren't who here are the last time. Two corgis who were not here when we... I say giant because I only have had like 13 pound dogs. So and I you're mean, sitting on the floor. Yeah, and I am sitting on the floor. Which is they, their they realm. Big to me. Um, Drew. Anyway. Drew, Here's my big takeaway from the election. Do it. Uh, it kind of to your point, Matt. What I learned like very, very uh, clearly is that there, are, there really are two Americas. And I know that's kind of a favorite cliche and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. But, you know, people are like, well, the Democrats did well, but they didn't do great. And so why not? Like, how come these people, how can anybody vote for the other side? It's like, well, they're voting for what they believe in, right? They, yeah. don't, they don't see it as, oh, it's the bad side. There's yeah. two, 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 two types of people now, yeah. two sets of values, two, you know, um, uh, two, two different ideas of what is right and what is good yeah. and what should be, you know, fought for yeah and that's you know if it's i don't know if scary. you can i agree with you and it's even scary on a base level because check this people volunteered to be stormtroopers right when the empire was first coming right, up yeah. and the rebellion was starting people were like oh let's go with the empire yeah and like yes it was it was their it wasn't it wasn't it was their personal beliefs and shit like that but you have one or two options in situations like this yeah. it, like to me this isn't this time around now it's not business as usual where it's like Shitty politician on the left or shitty politician on the right. Right. No, but they, but um, folks who want to employ this, the tactic of false equivalence, often say exactly that. That, oh, it's all still terrible. Oh, uh, I voted for Trump just because at that point he was the lesser of two evils, you know? Right. Yeah. I don't know. I'm lo- literally looking out the window trying to figure out if the 
little uh, motes moving in the sunlight are ash or bugs. Are you concerned about fire up here? I'm concerned about fire, like in general. Yeah. I'm also concerned about earthquakes and yeah. There's a more lot importantly, earthquake-related fire. The earthquake that happens and ruptures the gas line that then starts the fire. The great purifying conflagration. So with Trump and the fires and earthquakes and, and all of this madness, it's like, have you guys seen Sabrina on Netflix? No. <laughs> I enjoyed it. Or what about Matt Cohen uh, doing a podcast with Macaulay I Culkin? Did. Yeah, yeah. We did like a year of a show called The Bunny Ears, which you can still definitely check out online, which is super fun. We had oh, wow. uh, Kevin Smith on the show, who you might know. Um and we like traveled the world. We like recorded in Berlin and Paris and got to like do a bunch of live shows and crazy shit for a year. Um, and then uh, about a month ago, we announced that uh, the band isn't breaking up. We're just doing solo projects. That's so Mac is continuing it. on with Bunny Ears and I'm starting a new show in a month or so called Highbrow. Okay. With Matt Cohen. Which is side projects. Another Matt Cohen. Yeah, another Matt Cohen. Ups. The one from Boogeyman too. Matt Cohen squared. There is only other one real one, and I hate him. I don't hate him. He's just <laughs> there is an actor named Matt Cohen. He is incredibly handsome. He was uh, he was on a, like maybe five episodes of Supernatural. Okay. He was in a movie called Boogeyman too. Okay. He was on like a soap, but for kids or something. All right. Um, but his name comes up first and everything. Well. So for years I've been challenging him to podcast with me. Right, like two Matt Cohens enter, one leave, and once I got close enough <laughs> that he put me in touch with his publicist, and his publicist was like, "What is this about?" And I was like, <laughs> oh "You don't get it, dude." So I promised that I will continue to do horrible things in our name, exactly in this town forever. Yeah, yeah. F- fuck it. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's I have to that's, fill that's my his, drink. Uh, fault. But um, Kerrigan is going to get his second Bloody Mary of the day this Saturday of the eleven afternoon, minutes we've been podcasting noon thirty. <laughs> Um, yes, yeah, so I was podcasting and traveling a lot this year and uh, uh, just crazy shit. Uh, my dog passed away. I got a new dog. Like, it, was a, it was a real nutty year in my life. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Um, but I have like a four-month-old puppy now who's insane. That's awesome. That I adopted from a shelter named Abe. Abe? Abraham Canine. What a great name. Yeah. yeah. What kind? Uh, definitely part Chihuahua. Probably, yeah. probably also Doc... Probably also Dachshund, but we're not sure yet. I actually, it is. I think he's a Chewini. I actually just got the <laughs> DNA test off Amazon, so we'll figure it out in the next week or so. Here, the what test? A dog DNA test. Really? To find out what? Yeah, because he was he was just a random shelter dog, and he was um he was a uh, he was gonna be a um. Kerrigan, modulate your approach. <laughs> Kerrigan is the owner of. The um, owner of a Bloody Mary. Two, uh, oh, yes. And, and chihuahuas. Two, two chihuahuas. chihuahuas. Straight up chihuahuas. Well, one is a straight up. Well, okay. So we, we got the DNA testing, right? Okay. Uh, one, it, Cheryl Diane, Miss Cheryl Diane, is half chihuahua, half Dalmatian. Eh. Whoa. Yeah. You're, yeah. That's you a really, you really hope That's the a chihuahua was the dad there. I no put, spots. No spots. No white. No nothing. But she right, does so have like a. You're the chihuahua expert. What is my guy? His mom is definitely a chihuahua. Okay. Oh, I'm thinking beagle adorable. or dachshund. Caption: Kerrigan looks at a picture on Matt's phone of Abraham Canine. There is. Yeah, I, I definitely see dachshund. Look how long his body is. He's so is. fucking long, but he doesn't have short, stubby legs or anything. He's got long. And those ears are... Beagle ears. Yeah. So I'm thinking he's chihuahua, dachshund, beagle in some some combination. What a great mix. Uh, oh. Yeah, and then just to close the loop, Murphy Jenkins. Wow. Nephew to Caption Teddy Jack Jenkins. looks at the photo on <laughs> Matt's <laughs> Instagram, at uh, cameltoad. So we all have dogs here, Chewini. which is good. We need it. Yeah, we're all dog lovers. Especially in times like this. Okay, yeah. here's another interesting... So we talked about the true crime podcast trend, right? Yeah. Here's another media... And we have no agenda today. We'll wander back and forth between all these subjects we've already discussed. We haven't moved on from anything. No. We're, we're, this Fair is game. Including podcasting. Yeah. Um, and the title, Team Jack. This actually... We'll, which I mean... Which means nothing at this point, or... You Are know, we still a Twilight related show in any way? I'm Team Jack. No. Forever. Aww. No. Are you still friends with the. Tw- Wait, you weren't friends with the Twilight Lady. You were friends with. Um, the Twilight Lady. Uh, uh, E.L. James, <laughs> right? Yes. Is she working on anything? Yes. That's exciting. She's actually finishing. Um, Bottle of rose. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
She's finishing a, a bottle of Whispering Angel Rose. Uh, she is finishing a new novel. I don't. I'm literally trying. Mercifully, I if I did know something about the plot, you wouldn't be able to tell it. No, I think I've forgotten it. Okay. Hashtag fifty one. Just for the Team Jack listeners. And um, but she's. I think she's in final edits on her new novel, which. I would certainly expect to see in um, 2019. Sweet. Well, it involves Satan in it because that's a segue. Have you noticed that everything nowadays has like Satan in it? From no. American Horror Story to Come Sabrina again? to like, oh, um, um, oh, fuck me. I'm missing out on another thing right here. Like it, it's another weird trend I've noticed that horror movies are moving towards like satanic panic again almost. That's interesting. And it's so much so the Church of Satan is suing Netflix right now. I saw that. Really? Yeah. Just great publicity. What's the, uh, what's the claim? They are suing the Sabrina show for use of their copyrighted uh, Baphomet statue that they have at their uh, well, main church. I mean, wait, because they've shown a statue. Yeah, but it's but it's it's specifically a statue of Baphomet with two little kids sitting on his knee, and Sabrina did the exact same statue, and they did like copyright and trademark that statue, so they might win this lawsuit. Huh. Well, the, yeah, which they should, but or they'll get a a um, there'll be a generous check written to the Church of to Satan the Church from of Satan Netflix from your. Streaming friends at Netflix. Either way, it's a cool Think ending. on your yeah. sins. <laughs> it's a cool Consider ending your choices. Story. And along those lines, I'll just take another segue. Did we all hear this week that on the annual uh, quarterly earnings conference call, they announced the title of the new, one of the new Disney streaming services no. premiering next year is Disney Plus. Yeah. plus is that... Plus what? Plus everything. Plus, plus Marvel, plus, plus Lucasfilm, <laughs> plus Fox. Plus Marvel, Lucasfilm, and Fox. Yeah, yeah. Not, maybe not Fox on that one, but... They also, they're going to have a, um, I think, a 60% um, stake post-Fox merger in Hulu, which Fox they... Fox Hulu? Yeah, they have a big stake in Comcast. NBC Universal has a big stake as well. And... Literally, like there is a wall of what looks like smoke or. It's smoke. So when I looked, at my, when I looked at my weather app today, it says smoke. Yeah, well, it's smoke. There's it's smoke, dude. Malibu's on fire, of course. There's yeah, but we're smoke. well south of Malibu. Yeah, but it's coming in what? from the beach, like. Yeah. Kerrigan, we are. It's yeah, but it's it's. Dude, it's, I lived. Kerrigan, I lived. Don't ch- don't challenge geography. But I would I would challenge wi- I would challenge you on wind physics. When I, I lived in Long Island during 9/11, and we got smog from the buildings going down. Oh my god! Did 28 you really? miles away. Like yeah, yeah. If there's enough shit in the air, it mm-hmm. will travel on the wind. And the wind is hitting. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was right though. It is. It does look like a wall of smoke. It's just it's overtaking a wall of like smoke Culver City coming over the basin. Yeah, it's not good. It's weird, dude. It's not good. Um, wow, you can't even see the mountain. No, it's really odd. At some point, I'm probably gonna have to like close the fucking doors. Yeah, I've definitely done that already in my house. Wow. And my fireplace uh, flew. Go wow. for that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I wonder Oof. how much of Malibu will burn. Well, that's the million-dollar question, right? When the Santa Ana's return tomorrow, uh-huh. will it push the fire north? The As thing a- is, it can't really come. St- I don't know how south it can come because you run into dense residential areas which are not great yeah, for wildfire here's mm. what i think i know as of growth. right now i don't think anything south of neptune's nest has burnt yet okay if you know where that is which where is basically is the oxnard line like it's yeah five minutes from leo carrillo like i think the houses on that side of pch are okay like i don't think any of the beach houses have burnt well, we heard anecdotally about one beach house that may have burned. Really? Mm-hmm. That's not on the beach. It's on, like, it's on a cliff right above. See, that's what I think. I don't think, while the fire has jumped the 101, I don't think it's jumped the PCH, if that makes any mm. sense. Because mm-hmm. No, I looked at a fire map this morning that seemed to indicate that it stopped at PCH. But I do have or a, they were able to stop it at PCH. I do have a friend who has a, a beach house on PCH, and uh, they don't know what, they weren't there, luckily. Yeah. And I was like, do you know what the deal is? And I saw them yesterday. They showed me, they have a nest camera right, right. all over their house. And yeah. They showed me the shot of their front driveway. And there's like, well, here's where our nest system shut off with this shot. And it's just orange. 
Oh, not really? fire, but the sky is orange. Right. The reflection of the street, the reflection of the like driveway, everything is just. And orange. now it's offline. That and, was the last. A, that was the last picture I'd sent. Oh shit! Right. I mean, come on. But we have a friend who's been on this podcast as well, Chris Hogue, a composer, who had a has a townhome in Oak Park, okay, which is very near where this all started, and uh, so Oak Park came under mandatory evacuation, which he heated, and Good for him. As he, or once he situated himself um, south of there, he was able to watch the his own ring doorbell. Nest Nest has a doorbell, doorbell with yeah. a built-in camera called exactly. Ring, and he was he sent me two images from his Ring doorbell of literally fire on the hill just above his townhome and a a guy standing there with his back to the camera. It, was he a cop? Was he a firefighter? Just sort of That's staring up at creepy. the conflagration. And then two hours later, he sent another photograph where the f- the fire seemed to have moved away. It was much oh, wow. darker on the hillside. And he found out yesterday that um, another resident in his uh, subdivision is a retired firefighter. And he stayed and was able to tell Chris that... Uh, his town home was not affected. Oh, wow. But it is interesting. Chris's ring doorbell also lost power at a certain point. That's, the battery I mean, doesn't last forever. I think it's and also, if they cut the electricity in the, to the neighborhood. That's what I think is happening. I think it's power. I think it's the grid going yeah, down in yeah, those neighborhoods. Yes. That's what I'm hoping for my friends at least. You know what we I mean? We lost power. I work in Santa Monica now and we lost power. Like People lost power in Burbank last yeah. night. Like it's all. Really? Yeah, it's just it's all fucking weird. There's a weird well, grid out there. Wow. Well, um, it's crazy, man. It's like it's like every apocalypse movie ever. But I are do you, are you guys preparers? Yeah. Are you? Hell yeah. Oh, yes. not me. Do you have like a go bag and all that stuff? I oh, have well, like a like, sixty gallons of water in the garage right now. Yeah. That I swap out every year because even in the darkness, the cool darkness, <laughs> the uh, water goes bad. Bottled water will start growing sea monkeys on the in the thirteenth month. Mm, you know, tasty. Yeah. I feel like I need just like a like a straight out like bug out bag like you hear about in the movies, yeah. but I don't know what I would put in it. What I already have my car key. What do people put in it? Like money and keys and water and stuff. You know, there was a singles. You have to have singles. Well, and you should have like a three thousand of them because you will not be able to when the ship truly hits the, the fan. You will yeah. not be able to. I Those fif- ATMs are not going to right. Like there's I some fifteen hundred. There's some like stoner idealistic in one, part of me. There. <laughs> there's some part of me that goes like, yeah, I'd, I'd rather I'd rather not weed. prepare because when it happens, then I'll just be like, all right, now I have to do shit. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like preparing is inviting it. It's like friends of mine who own guns, and I ask them why, and they're like, okay, someone, someone tries to rob me. I'm like, I feel like you just want to shoot a dude and want an excuse. Maybe I don't or know. the like. Okay, so you own a gun, and now they're coming to rob you. Are you prepared to shoot that person? Exactly. Well, right? is the gun literally on the ledge right by the front door? It's it's not the conveniently most conveniently located. Yeah, I mean, like catapults would theoretically be more practical than yeah, guns. or a <laughs> moat filled or with swords, burning oil. Shit. Yeah, like yeah. a mace. Um, yeah, it's just weird with all this shit going on in the world. It makes it seem like almost frivolous to just enjoy entertainment, but it's not stopping me in any way. Did you see um, Bohemian Rhapsody? I didn't. Is it good? Here's the thing. I I'm a Queen fan. So right. am I. Love the catalog. That the catalog is the star of the movie. And his performance, I heard. It's very good, but it really seemed... it's like a love it's like a fantasy love. It's a jukebox tale. musical straight up dressed bi- up straight as up a biopic. kind of biopic. But straight up biopic from what it looks like and from what I've heard, right? Well, but I think they take a lot of liberties with the story. Well, I've heard that too. Yeah. Right. Maybe. I didn't Yes. Um, but the but the last the last sequence of the recreation of the live it oh my god I mean I get chills just talking about it right great 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 great, great, great. Think, so if you're a Queen fan you know maybe you ignore the the movie aspect but it's a great con- it's like a concert movie I'm yeah. so, it's the greatest hits video yeah yeah, yeah. I'm so, I'm so right. bad with going to movies in theaters nowadays me and, too and that like the last like my favorite movie of the year so far I think is did you guys see Apostle. No. On Netflix, the Gareth Evans movie, the guy who made The Raid and The Raid Redemption. Sure. It's with Dan Stevens. Yes, I nonetheless I have not watched it. Uh, it's really fucking awesome. It's like Wicker huh. Man. It's like oh, a, wow. it's like a period horror film. Okay. Dan um, Stevens was in Beauty and the Beast, right? Yes, yeah. he was, which is another thing that's happened since we Oh, that's right. I'm just catching up. I'm just Beauty and the Beast happened. Two movies have happened at least, maybe three movies. Wait, I don't remember. Did Holmes come out yet? 
<laughs> Why did everyone laugh? Yeah, like, like came eight eight years and went. Ago. <laughs> yeah, but did it come and go during the podcast? I mean, oh no, no we were not making podcasts. That's during what I meant. Mr. How Holmes. many movies went? In, how many Bill Condon movies were made in between the? the I don't know. I would say we should figure out when the last podcast episode was. But the thing I really don't like is stopping a flow. To like, well, no, let me just get oh, that no, no, on my phone and let we'll me pull up that app. And it's like, no, no, no. We I haven't made an episode since Gods and Monsters. Keep flowing. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, exactly. Beauty and the Beast was cool. That did really well. Yes, it did. <laughs> <laughs> Which has led, I have to say, to a certain, um, to be honest and answer a question asked earlier, I think it's not just. Uh, those two Twilight movies, Breaking Dawn Parts 1 and 2, and the commensurate financial success of those, but the the sort of global success of Beauty and the Beast has led me now into a place in my life where in terms of um, being political, mostly on Twitter, I tend not to... I don't... I, I don't feel like Facebook doesn't really interest me as a political platform. Yeah. Instagram certainly doesn't. It's really about Twitter. Yeah. That's um, all Twitter is nowadays, honestly. Yeah. So that's it's so easy. You can just retweet, retweet all day long. Retweet. Yeah. It is very easy. And Instagram is also easy. Obviously, we all know what that is. But um, but I don't give a fuck, dude. And I'll tell you what. With the, with the global... Here's my message to that... Um, to that person who may be offended by a political position who lives in New Jersey or Missouri or Montana or Florida, truly, uh, nobody cares. And here's why. The money that's being made now by these movie and television products that are being exported globally, largely via Netflix, which has a huge global operation um, and soon to be joined by Disney plus whatever Comcast NBC universal you launches. Really, you really think this Disney OTT is going to do well? Yeah, I do. You do. Cause they've got Hashtag the, Disney they've got plus. the blue chip it dude. Yeah. IP rather. But anyway, just to finish maybe it as well. I mean, Hey, Hey, <laughs> um, you know, back in the say 1970s, if you offended a great swath of anybody, like let's say you just you you made a movie that was just a super, and this actually goes to a theory Bill was talking about with me recently. You made a movie that's very really appeals to people who live in red states, and let's say they they're red they're red voters, right? But was just grossly offensive to so-called liberals. You could be in the 1970s. Sure, that could impact your box office, right? Um, and conversely, if you made something that really offended conservatives, but sure, that could really impact your box office. But now, if you have a big blue chip IP title, it doesn't yeah, it doesn't matter because what matters is how much money is it pulling out of China? How much money is it pulling out of India? And who cares what people in North Dakota think? I like this conversation, but I will throw you a counterpoint. I think the reason that it doesn't matter anymore is because the movies that are getting exported to China are not politically fucking dangerous in any way. They're sure. Iron Man and, and Godzilla and shit. But I think what, to your earlier point, people who you may know, and you oh, know who they those don't give people a fuck are. Anymore. I don't know who those yeah. people are. But Why people who you talk about who are more reticent to express themselves politically, what projects are they working on that, that they feel could be broken. negatively yes. impacted by expressing their political beliefs? I don't know. And I agree with you. If I, you're working on Star Wars, by the way, nobody's got... Um, a, a more pleasurable, uh, leftward leaning, I would say, Twitter handle than Luke Skywalker himself. Sure. Who tweets at Trump? And it clearly is not affecting. It his doesn't career. give a fuck. Yeah. I, yeah. You know what like it a is? Because he's Luke Skywalker in Star Wars. Who gives a fuck? Oddly enough, it's politics. It's weed. I've noticed. I have a lot of friends who smoke weed in real life and are in the closet on social media because they're they're afraid of their careers being really? affected. And I go like, what about that's bizarre. Fucking Rogan. Even guy? now, as it's like now, the green wave. Absolutely. Even yeah. People. I think people are still. And I and I think maybe it's why we're in the shape we're in. People are kind of afraid to stand up for their ideals because. They're afraid of other. Judgment. They're afraid of judgment from those other people. Where yeah. you're right. Who 
gives a fuck about the people in, no offense to Kansas, Kansas, or some yeah. other place in the middle or of the country. Or no offense to California, California. Yeah. I mean, again, there's no block of moviegoers that's big enough, really. We saw it a little bit with Beauty and the Beast on our so-called exclusively gay moment controversy, which is a whole other <laughs> thing. Is there a gay moment in Beauty and the Beast? Yeah, I mean, literally like two frames of film. What was it? It's it's uh, in the big sort of finale musical number that closes the movie. There's a moment where Josh Gad and then the so, oh, yeah, Stanley Josh character gay. I forgot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. find and each he other. He pulls it out and like yeah, yeah, yeah. He blows him graphically right there, on screen. Right yeah. No one sucks like Gaston. No. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I forgot but it's how yeah. that information was introduced into the into the into the culture, and there you did have people. I forgot, yeah, absolutely. Evangelicals sort of tried to get a boycott going, and one point, you know, three billion dollars later, they who cares? Yeah, it didn't matter. Evangelicals aren't going to the fucking cinemas. It, it just doesn't. Out. But yeah, yeah, yeah. you know what? Everybody's every other day. There's a a boycott or a threat of a boycott. And sometimes it does work, and brands are very responsive to it, as as we've seen recently with the Starbucks cups dropping or the straws, rather. certain Fox hosts and so forth, right? Dropping sponsorship and all that stuff. But generally speaking, I'm trying to think of a. Um, there are people who will take credit for this or that poor performance at a, of a movie at a box office, and say, "Well, it's a result of us." not putting our money down and they're uh, it's utter bullshit i it's can't utter i can't bullshit. ever think of those like right-wing campaigns working to take uh, it, it it just generally doesn't and i never i thought when we were on the heat of it on beauty and the beast i never and you would read people saying i won't take my family to this i just thought to myself it's disney's beauty and the beast you're compl you're well, full of shit. Well, you're going. The all -male you just screenings? want to take this position on social media. You'll be there opening night. What were they doing the all male screenings of? All male screenings. An all female. What movie was that? Oh yeah. That? What was that? That was so divisive that they were doing all female and all male screenings. I can't remember. I can't right remember now. either. Magic That's Mike too. <laughs> I know, right? I mean, hi. Hey. Hey, ladies. Um, I don't know. It's just crazy, but yeah, nothing. Nothing's. Did you watch House Haunting of Hill House yet? No, people love that show. They do. It's good. I it, it was Shout a slow burn Amblin. for me. Um, it took a minute, but I got into it. It's pretty fucking good. Is it? Yeah, but I also read a think piece about like people. This guy was tired of the whole. Um, That's Drew in the background being all snarly with people. Mixed chronology thing that every show of all time is now, and every horror thing is meaning like jumping around, just jumping times and in, in, from scene to scene. Which Outl every show Outlander does that as well. Every show do they? fucking um um. Uh, what just did it? What was the Stephen King thing? Um, Something just jumped ahead with a series finale, though. Oh, like an actual time jump? Yeah, they did a big time jump. Lost my, did my it famously, right? Like, um, oh, Westworld. Excuse me. Westworld's a great Westworld. Example of you not knowing what time you're watching right now. That is what the yeah. Haunted Hill thing is, too. Yeah. It's like five different timelines all mixed together. Just boom, 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 mashed up. And it's a little disorienting. Your dogs do not like this conversation. No, it has nothing to do with that. They're just playing. What else has been like big cultural? Did you guys do um, uh, uh, the Lady Gaga thing? Star is Born? Yeah. Not yet. Did you? I mean, no, but I did a deal with Bradley Cooper. Hey. Hi. We should point out that since, since the, our last episode, Kerrigan has become a fully minted music business attorney working for Universal Music Group mm -hmm. in Santa Monica, California, mm -hmm. representing Bradley or Cooper. doing deals uh, with such artists as Bradley, Bradley Such Cooper. musicians <laughs> as Bradley Cooper. <laughs> right. And, and I, can you say whose deals you've worked on and sure, done? And, well, the ones that have closed and announced. Yeah, Billie Eilish. She's going to be huge. Ocean Eyes. Check it out. Amazing. Okay. Uh... Quavo, famous for Migos. He's in Migos. I don't know. It's a rap thing. It's not really for me. Okay. Uh, whatever. <laughs> the kids love it. Always open with Bradley Cooper. Right. <laughs> Always open, Bradley Cooper. Um, Halsey. Awesome, heard of her? I've heard of her. Big ha names. Halsey? Big. Halsey? I've heard yes. of Halsey. Halsey. <laughs> you said it like Hall-Z. Yes. Hall well, like, like, a, like a medication. That's her street name. <laughs> I guess so. Halsey. Halsey. <laughs> I know about that because of the Eminem thing that happened a few months ago. What was that? He got to that fight with the Machine Gun Kelly guy, and they were releasing diss tracks. 
And then someone broke it down for me. And in that, that girl Halsey was mentioned. And now I understand who that is. Oh, really? That's how I have to okay. get my, like, catch up on current culture. Right. Is, like, I'll call a younger friend and they'll, like, <laughs> cliff notes whatever's happening in yeah. the real world for me. Is it really important, though? I have my doubts. No. Is, is it no, important it's to important. keep up? I like have it, my it's doubts. It's not important for me to know who Azalea Banks is, but I yeah. do for some reason now. Yeah. Oh, she's, like, batshit crazy. Yeah, see, you know. Yeah. But, like, should we know? No, For no one I, should like, know, know about Azalea Banks. She should go away to the dark Netherlands. Oh, really? To the Netherlands? To the Netherlands. To the darkest Netherlands. <laughs> That's <laughs> hilarious. She's send her, send her. What's um? So so, what has been your big like? Your 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 alien is your main thing. Did you like um? We haven't spoken since. We spoke since Prometheus, but I don't think we spoke Prometheus. Since yes, Covenant. Did we? Oof. Not a fan. No, here's the thing, dude. It's like with um, I like the that. Wachowskis, which we can come back the to. The Wachowski starship? Um, yes. And Jupiter <laughs> ascending. I mean, I'm such a, an obsessive um, admirer of Cloud Atlas, which I've watched easily uh, over me 100 too. times. And yet, not 100 for me. so when I sat in, uh, seated myself in that auditorium for Jupiter ascending, there was no... I was there. No more like ready, willing, sympathetic viewer than me. And I thought every frame of that was stench. You know, like Channing Tatum dog roller skate movie. So as regards, the bees, how about the, the, the Prometheus, bees, like the she controls bees. It's awful. Uh, Alien Covenant is, I thought it was horrendously did you bad. Really? I did. You like and I think it's a, more? I think it's along with um, Shane Black's The Predator. I think it's, these are franchise killers. I didn't see people will try dumb fucks will try six months from now after the Fox Disney acquisition closes to blame Disney for the fact that there will probably not be further alien or predator movies. But the reality is both those franchises died on Fox's watch. Um, Ridley directed alien covenant. The guy who created alien uh, in 1978, I thought really put the, Put the uh, blade right through the heart of that. Yeah. I thought it was horrendously two words, terrible. Two words, James Cameron. He'll bring it back. I don't think no, anyone cares been, anymore. He didn't create that franchise, but he saved it. I just don't think. I think. I think you're right, though. I think people That's are just over the, the poor franchise. Language. I think people are over those two franchises. Yes, now. I didn't there, see the Predator one, but yeah. he looked like he had a bobblehead. And look, there's a nice box set for you if you enjoy Predator. Sure. If you enjoy Alien, there's. Uh, they but fucked up my quadrilogy. <laughs> yes, it doesn't mean there needs to be more of them, but I don't. I you know Ridley Scott, Sir Ridley Scott, who is now eighty, uh, just announced a Gladiator sequel he that dies he's developing. Well, it focuses on the now grown son of give, of, of Maximus Decidius. Uh, no, I think Russell it's Crow. the you know. Speaking of Gladiator, I saw Boy Erased. That's like the, the mo- that's the most bizarre. What well, is that? No, with, uh, Russell Crowe. In our fleet oh. of segues. Russell Crowe. Okay. Oh, that's um, the gay, um, ca- scare, the gay conversion, conversion movie? Yeah. I saw a trailer for that. Yeah. Was it good? It was, well, I mean, good is, it's a very hard movie yeah. to watch. Was it's, it fun? <laughs> it's quality for sure. Russell Crowe's great in it. Great, great, great. He's a great actor. He's a great actor. He's good in stuff sometimes when he wants to be, I feel like. Yeah. Yes, I think yeah, that's when true. When he wants yeah. to be. <laughs> did, yeah. you, did you like uh, Blade Runner? That we haven't discussed at all. Uh, I thought it was pretty boring, but I thought it got someplace in the end that was emotional. I, I don't know in what universe, if you don't know when the Ryan Gosling replicant is laying on the steps after Harrison Ford's Deckard character has gone inside the building and you hear that Vangelis cue uh, from the original movie for the Tears in the Rain scene that occurs at the end of the original Blade Runner from 1982. I don't know if if you don't know Blade Runner well enough to know that cue from that iconic that scene with Rutger Hauer. I don't know that the movie works. In, Blade Runner 2049, you, but it did for me. Were you not supposed to know that Gosling was a replicant the entire movie? No, I think... I assume I just no, I just don't know whether the emotional yeah, the resonance is, is there. Yeah. Um, I thought it was interesting what they did with the Sean Young character stuff. Like I, th- I look. Yes, I, I, th- I thought the beginning was. Ve- I thought the first half was incredibly boring. Yeah. 
But I was in the tradition of Blade Runner. Yeah, but once I got into it, one, like by the end with that fight in the car and the ocean and the beach and all yeah. that shit, I was super fucking into it. Weirdly yeah. enough, yeah, yeah. I like Blade Runner. Yeah, it wasn't like my favorite movie of the year by any means. No. How about Ready Player One? Hey. Oof. Um, here's the thing, and I've had to like do some like I, I, I was gonna bring that up next. It is definitely not as bad as I thought it would be. Did you read the book? Yeah, multiple times. Okay. Um, and I. So you love the book, by I, Ernest Klein, the novel Ready Player One. I like One. the book a lot for what it is. I like the book a lot for what it is. I also think it's basically unfilmable. So okay. for what Spielberg theoretically and a team of like a thousand fucking digital artists did. Yes. Because I don't and know how much very of that talented is actually department heads. Spielberg's touch, which I've had conversations with people on that, and that's a maybe you could. Well, I don't. No one knows for sure, and no one really. Let's just say, no one. Uh, this Did is when I. This is when I do get like, mm, am I really comfortable out. talking about my political views? But um, <laughs> do you here for instance? Do you think Spielberg what was is like? I want Chun Li to kick that one robot in the background right yeah, there. Yeah, right I'm then. not. Or is it a visual effects supervisor? I'm not yeah, sure. He proves that kind of stuff. Regardless, yeah. not as bad as as I thought it would be. And I, oddly enough, I liked the the pop culture aspect of it. The thing they sold it on was uh -huh. like. Hey, Iron Giant and fucking Terminator yes. and all and that. Back to the Future. Yeah. That, yeah. to me, was the thing that was bumming me out the most about the lead-up. And actually, the thing that I cared least about in the actual film, and I'll explain why I'm able to justify it. it I hate the movie Wreck-It Ralph with a passion. Okay. I, I, it's an okay kids movie, but that movie, there were one sheets for Sonic the Hedgehog. And he's not in the He doesn't movie. have a single line in the movie. He's in the background of a scene once, right? right they right. sold that movie as it was going to be the end of Roger Rabbit, but for video game characters. Right. Toontown right. for video game characters. It's right. not. It's Disney created two characters and Qbert's in it, right? Okay. The new sequel looks to be a little more. It's got all the Disney princesses. But Ready Player One never... Okay, so yes, the DeLorean's in it. And yes, Iron Giant is in it. And the Ninja Turtles are in it. But the movie's never like, that is Raphael the Ninja Turtle, and that is right. the Iron Giant. Cowabunga. It is little kids creating stuff in a video game, and if there was a video game that would let me create my own spaceship or my own robot, yeah, I'd fucking create Iron Giant. Right. So those aren't supposed to be real-world representations of those characters. They're supposed to be little kids who created avatars online for a video game. Yeah. And for that reason, I dig that aspect of it, actually. Yeah, yeah. That's what it would look like. It would be the bike from Akira versus the Batmobile yeah. Versus the fucking thing from RoboCop Two. Sure. You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. So I didn't. I didn't mind Ready Player One. I didn't. I saw it and did not. And I was really amped for it. I did loved the, the marketing campaign. Um, I never read the novel. Okay. I saw it, and aside from one scene very near the end the where the shining scene. No, not that. Okay. Where the scene where the um. Who's the. Bill Gates, Paul Allen's character's name? Uh, the one who's dead or the one who's the alive? The inventor. Um, um, with an H. Uh, uh, Halliday. Halliday. Professor right. G. Yeah, yeah. Played by Mark Ryland. Yes. Right? Halliday goes case. into the virtual uh, version of his childhood bedroom where every detail is perfect and a, and a uh, I suppose, digitized version of his much younger self still sits in that room for eternity playing his games and he says to the boy you know come on it's, it's time to leave the it's time to leave our bedroom i thought that was very moving and i thought that was pure spielberg just that whole idea was pure spielberg and i i loved every frame of that and i haven't given a second's thought to anything in the rest of the there movie there wasn't much since seeing it there wasn't much spielberg magic in it and but let's be honest did you see bfg no like that spielberg's not I never spielberg did spielberg's not spielberg anymore yeah He's still a very competent filmmaker, and I would say, if anything, his, like, serious movies are better than his fantasies now. Okay. Like The Post and fucking, uh, not Dunkirk or whatever, but whatever his last war movie was. I think there's a... Bridge of Spies, right? Like There's he, a thing that's, certainly since moving to California, I've become sort of more educated to or aware of, which is, you know, there's a classical definition of what a movie director does in the same way that there's a classical definition of what a screenwriter does or, you know, a certain kind of movie producer, which is to say the full producer, the person who uh, whose name appears after the words produced by rather than executive, executive producer, producer <laughs> co-producer, etc. 
Um, but there's a classical definition of what a movie director was, and I think we all kind of more or less knew knew and know what that definite definition is. But when you get out here, you f- find out um, that there are people who still um, hit every mark and check every box of what a classical movie director does. And I am proud to say that one of them is Bill Condon, um, who looks at, who sits in the editing room and looks at every single take from every single camera that was rolling for every single setup on even a large action sequence where there might be two or three or four cameras rolling simultaneously. And there are other directors who really phone in certain sections of the work, which is to say you do hear about certain directors who largely are absent during pre-production. So their department heads are kind of are deputized to run the show for them. They show up uh, on or near day one of principal photography. And then yes, maybe their editor puts the movie together and they come in when the movie is sort of together and then they make notes and all this stuff. That's really, and I, it's weird. It's like, I know so many, so many, and I'm, I can't name any names, but there, so many of them are still, uh, right at the top of the business right now. And they are, to my mind, it's like they're half a director. If that, some of them are only a third of a director and we really should be giving directing credit to their production designer, costume designer, composer, editor, et cetera, who are really doing the job, not just of designing the costumes and sets and editing, but really directing. I think to a larger extent, specifically the Spielberg, you nailed it, right? Like the lack of Spielberg. I never said that about Steve. No, 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 Spielberg, you didn't say that. I'm just saying. No, 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 you're saying the lack of like, let's say magic and Ready Player One of that Amblin feeling, right? Spielberg, incidentally enough, has become more and more like his USC contemporaries. So like, here's a great example. I'm not throwing anyone over the bus. Ron Howard is a the most competent filmmaker in the world. Mm-hmm. Is he a good director? It, it, does he bring any? What is sway- a good director anymore what nowadays? Is Ron, can you can you watch three Ron Howard movies and tell that they're directed by the same person? But sh- is that the mandate? Because no, I would, you know who you can the right? Wachowskis. You can watch three Wachowski Absolute, movies. And yeah, tell, because oh, they're all they're all yeah. they're all turds, right? And that's but you know who you also com- can Christopher Nolan. And aren't we all fucking bored of that? Fair. Yeah, to be fair, yes. right? And by the way, but doesn't the media and pop culture and Twitter love a director whose movies all look and feel the same way, especially if the way they look and feel is cold? They love it. Can't get enough of it. Especially fanboys of all ages from 7 to 72 cannot get enough of a Kubrickian filmmaker. Anybody who... Please. It's just it's crack cocaine to those guys. Yeah. I mean, the straight white male crack cocaine you're is, right. you're 100% is right. the chilly Kubrickian yeah. uh, cerebral filmmaker, you know, which is fine, but it's not necessarily interesting after the 11th or 13th movie. That's kind of the same fucking thing. No, but a good example I would use is like Guillermo del Toro, in my, in my opinion. Right? Yeah. Like you can instantly tell it's coming directly from his mind, but he's 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 improving on it every time and tweaking yes. it. And, yeah. And, and, and like I thought uh, Shape of Water was one of the best movies ever made. Right. Let alone like go Never on saw it. that year. You didn't see it yet? No. I mean, it Here, was, <laughs> here's my, here's my, I'm going to go the have best a quick movie ever I'll be made. listening as I pee from the. Here's my Front hall here's bathroom. my GDT thing real quick. Ready? So I've been. Don't, don't go real quick. Oh, okay, I'll do. I'll, okay. So <laughs> she's got to unload. I've been a fan. I've been a fan of Del Toro since Mimic, which I don't was, even know that movie. His, it's it's a Mira Sorvino monster movie. It came out in like 1994. It's just his first American. It's his first movie, right? And then then he did like Blade Two, and he did Hellboy, and right. you're like, okay, cool. This guy is like a very good comic book kind of superhero-y director. And then you find out he does like Pan's Labyrinth and Genius. Devil's Backbone, right? And you go like, oh, wait a minute. This guy, when he wants to be, can also just make like straight up, not art films, but like cinema. Yeah. Like, like important, like heartfelt, like cinematic movies, right? And then I think Hellboy 2 is the place where they first commingled for the first time. Because that is a hmm. giant superhero movie, but it's got genuinely breathtaking cinematography and like incredible set design right Mm -hmm. and i don't count crimson peak because that throws off my whole analogy (laughs) but i think by the time he got to shape of water he was like look 
Uh, he, he, one more time. Do you think by the time he got to Shape of Water, he was what? Okay, so I think here's the thing. He came up with Alfonso Cuaron and Alexandra Inaridu, right? It right. was like so the three like caballeros or whatever, right? Here we go. And those guys have been getting Oscar noms consistently every year for the last like five years. Right. And GDT's had a bigger career money-wise, um, output-wise. He's made more movies than those other guys. But I think for highbrow Hollywood, he's the Hellboy guy. Right. And yeah, he did Devil's Backbone and Pan's Labyrinth and all this shit. But he's a, he, he makes monster movies. So I think yeah. with Pan's Labyrinth... Even Pan's Labyrinth. Right? So I think Shape of Water is his way of saying, look... I can make a movie on par with fucking Bubsley Berkeley or Cecil B. DeMille. That dance sequence in right, it. Right, like, right, fair. He yeah. is as classically trained as any of the classic filmmakers in Hollywood history. He just happens to really fucking like monsters. Right. So I think Shape of Water is his way of saying, look, I am as good a filmmaker as anyone on the planet. You're just going to have to like what I'm into if you're going to like my shit. And I think Shape of Water was where it forced voters to be like, yeah, it's the best movie of the year. It just happens to have a weird fish dude in it. Right, right. So I think it's a really, really important and kind of cool move uh, in his his history. Like, I'm incredibly excited to see what he does next now. Oh, Matt, well Be- done with that thesis. Because now he's got the geeks and the fucking critics on his side, right? Yeah, yeah. I buy it. I buy it. That's my thesis on Shape of Water. That's why I think it's a really important movie. And it, and it just reminds me, this will get super nerdy, but it's... It's uh, it's a Jean-Pierre Genet film by way of Guillermo del Toro. It feels very French. Totally get that. Feels ve- it feels very cute. Gesundheit. And, and precious. And uh, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Little set pieces and whimsy and mime stuff. And yeah, yeah. I dig it, man. Now we're having power bars. Questy bars. Quest, oatmeal, quest bars. Chocolate chip. Mm. Delightful. Mm. Chewing into the microphone. What, what, what made the most money last year? Oh, Avengers probably. Beauty right? and the Beast. What? Avengers probably right. What's top the box office? I don't. Last Jedi. I don't know. Were you a? I'm just trying uh, to think of other big movies we haven't talked about. Were you a Last Jedi fan? No. no. I'm sure it was an Avengers movie. Are you a Last Jedi fan? I liked it. Yeah, my favorite though was Rogue One, and probably in the entire series. It, right, right so I'll after turn off, the first I'll turn off your mic for a while we continue this conversation. <laughs> oh, damn. You I'm prefer kidding. Rogue One to Star Wars or The Empire Strikes Back? No, no, no. Star Wars. Episode four, A New Hope, is my all-time favorite. Really? Okay. Uh, yeah. I really, really liked Rogue One. I thought it was like... The last 10 minutes of Rogue One or everything. I would... Uh, I honestly... Um, uh, last Jedi is my least favorite Star Wars film now. Even Me Even too. with the prequels. You too? Including Solo. Including Solo and including mm-hmm. everything. Yeah. I, I thought would... Last Jedi was fucking huge. Matt Cohen. Yeah, buddy. I mean... Welcome home. That was one of the worst movie-going experiences of my life. And just in terms of... And talk about... Living in a land where of two, two different bipartisan <laughs> yeah, opinions. Yeah, because it's like all all your homies on Twitter love Star Wars: Last Jedi. Love the Last. Oh Jedi. my God, do they love it? Does it have anything to do with the fact that the writer director Ryan Johnson has cultivated such warm and wonderful relationships with all these journos <laughs> and takes black and white pictures of them at the junket? It's also, I'll even go one step further and say fucking Brick and Looper ain't great either. Looper's I most saw Looper derivative, once. like, Looper is a mashup of every other sci-fi movie that guy ever saw. Right. And I felt Brick like... Brick is indulgent, self-indulgent. It turns sure. into Akira at the end. And, like, so does Chronicle and so do a lot of movies, because great, Akira is what awesome. What turns into Akira? Brick? Uh, Looper. Looper, okay. Looper. It's like, literally what? a flying boy with magical, pa- like, t- yeah. ESP powers yeah. bleeding from his nose and shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, Last Jedi just, like... It was just, it was all script to me. that And, and like execution, sure, but it was like the f- flying leg. I, I, I there's not a single part of that movie I enjoy from like the the weird C-plot Rose and fucking yeah. Finn going off to that casino planet and Justin Thoreau was there for yeah. a second for some reason. No, yeah. Like, yeah. It was just, it was a fucking mess, that movie. When, and it meanders, right? It's like a lazy river. And just as, when it opens... And there's the showdown between Poe Dameron and that superstar destroyer or whatever. And you have those sort of cell phone answering machine jokes. Yeah. Like, can you connect me to... So here's... I was literally, I was like... So I've got... You've got to be kidding me. And where 
we're two minutes into the movie. I've picked apart everything bad in that movie. When I um, bring that up to Star Wars fans or to Last Jedi apologists, they without a doubt bring up one thing every time. <laughs> what about when Han Solo did that in the uh, uh-huh. in the stir- in the uh, fucking whatever that ship was when he's like, "Hello, yeah, yeah." He's in the he's in the uh, the shuttle, right? Exactly, the shuttle. right. Okay, cool. Han Solo. No, he's is, in. Um, no, he's. They're in the trash compactor. They're thing. in the. De- they're in the detention center detention in the center. original movie. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, go fuck yourselves. Poe Dameron is no Han Solo. <laughs> well, there is that, but what I would also say is that that's a that's a moment that occurs fairly deeply into Star Wars, uh, the original movie, and when you try to have a moment with that kind of comedy within the first two minutes of a movie. You know, it doesn't work. Agreed. Um, Snoke dying and being no one. Can't have that. You just can't the have biggest that. Biggest red herring. I mean, like, did they can't learn nothing from Maul? Here's my theory in like uh, a minute or two. I think that the way these movies are set up, and everybody kind of knows how it works by now, which is it's, it's a bit like the Olympic torch relay, right? J.J. Abrams got the gig to direct and write, co-write his choice entirely, etc. cetera. Um, Star Wars Episode Seven: The Force Awakens. And then Ryan Johnson is hired to do likewise. J.J. Abrams passes the torch. And then Colin Trevorrow is hired to direct Episode Nine, And I can't remember who was handling scripting duties on that. Maybe him, maybe th- his I script partner, whole, I, I don't know. I think the fucking Star Wars Trust handles scripting duties. There's like 10 dudes. It's Well, no, I think on, for really instance, on Last Jedi, I think that's Ryan Johnson's okay. script. Yeah, but here's the thing. There's no overarching, there's nobody saying, well, what should this final trilogy of the Skywalker saga be? There's no overarching trilogy design, so it's... JJ, do what you want to do, then bring it back to us, and we either approve or disapprove or get into discussions. And then, Ryan, you do what you want to do. And I think Ryan, here's here's my thing. I think Ryan was handed the torch with a big, we believe in you, we love Looper, we love Brick. You go off and do what you want to do and then come back and bring it to us, which he did. They approved it. And what he wanted to when he was given that freedom, which is an incredible thing in modern Hollywood, when he's given that freedom to go off and imagine up the Star Wars movie that he most wants to see, unfortunately, so much of that movie is a is episode nine material, including, for instance, killing the equivalent of the emperor. You, you can't do that in the... He wanted all the cool shit in his middle movie. And I think, yes, you're right. and I also suspect right. his attitude, like so many, like so many folks in this town, is Colin Trevorrow, who directed Jurassic World. You know, no, I'm being euphemistic here, but it's um, as the smoke rolls in, and uh, and I'm gonna even the I'm gonna God. take everything that I want to do, and I'm gonna take it out of Episode Nine because Colin Trevorrow hasn't even started working on that yet. And I'm going to do what I want right, to he do. He cock-blocked him story. He did all the cool... He, killing Luke Skywalker. He killed Luke Skywalker. He killed Leia. Killing Snoke. For all intents and purposes. Splitting... And then he brought her back to life for some yes. stupid fucking reason. Splitting that giant flying wing killing Super Snoke, Star Destroyer. Not, which is a, I love that moment. Not ending this movie with Ray and fucking uh, uh, Adam Driver. Uh, hit me. Uh, kid, Kylo hit, Ren. Kylo Ren. Going off together, natural born killer yeah. style. Yeah. At least for the break between the movies, and then having her turn good again. Yeah. That entire dynamic was just wasted in a two minute scene. I either and I thought the stable boy, the force sensitive stable boy, who he created and and introduced. We have that moment very near the end of the movie where the stable boy sort of wanders out of the stable and looks up at the stars. And calls that broom to him like a lightsaber. Now I do get chills. That's the end of remembering the tri- that's the end that, of but that should moment. be the end of yes. episode nine. You're right. You're fucking Not right. Eight. You're and right. Here's, here's what I would say. I never thought about it like this. Where's wow. the, where's the big vision to say, this needs to be the end of nine. We love these ideas, and thank you. We own these ideas now because we've paid for these ideas, and this is how it works. We've hired you to write and create. We own these, and we want to and. 
we want to move these ideas to episode nine. I love the, the throne room sequence with killing Snoke. So much of that is beautifully done. I, I would be ballist, berserk about it if it was in episode nine. Here's what you just said, and you nailed it. Marvel has Kevin Feige. Feige, however you want to say his fucking yes. name, right? Yes. I doubt that Kathleen Kennedy is, is the architect of these movies. She's not the and, architect. And, and who else at Disney, who, what other name do we know on the Disney end that is running these films? We don't. It's JJ. She and has a head of the so-called Lucasfilm Story Group, who is a a woman who's exa- whose name I don't know. And then, of course, yeah, all movies that come from all divisions of the Walt Disney Company come up through the Motion Picture Group, which is Alan Horn, Alan Bergman, um, you know, Sean sure. Bailey, Bob Iger. I mean, it's the it's all the same folks. Are, I think none Star of those Wars folk is, are a Kevin Feige type, though. Do you know what I no, mean? and interestingly, the thing that you hear about, but the thing that you hear, nor should they be Kevin Feige. I mean, what these folks do, they're very, very, well, I get it. they're yeah, incredible. Course. They're Heads top of the game at studios. what they do. Yeah. 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 But um, it's just the idea of there's no one hand. Who's the super, who's the super crazy fanboy? Yeah. There's it a lot of faith given to, well, isn't Ryan Johnson himself the fanboy and why do we need another overseer a fanboy overseer of the fanboys sure, or you hear i don't know if any of these confirmed but over the years you've heard they uh, josh trank was heavily involved uh before he uh jailed himself from hollywood forever yeah um um fucking uh linda loff was apparently as part of the, the, the that story group as it were right, right right like i've spoken to people who've claimed they have been offered or taken meetings right but it's 10 fucking dudes who all want to write their own movies and to this point, they've been they've been given the opportunity and the freedom to write their own movies. And by the way, it should be pointed out, you know, J.J. Abrams' Force Awakens grosses two billion dollars in worldwide theatrical awesome. revenue alone. And by the way, it was great. Uh, the Last Jedi grosses of course one point five one point six so billion dollars in theatrical they revenue don't alone. Care if people you like know? it enough people liked it to for it to gross that much money, right? Yeah, like yes. So some would say, well, what's the problem here? Is there a problem? Is there a problem? If so, what is the problem? What are the problems? Well, that's a fundamental discussion between... That's an interesting filmmaking discussion. Filmmaking is an art and filmmaking is a business, right? Like, yeah. But it, do they... Is there... On paper, Is there a real perfect, Star right? Wars problem or does it just seem like that way in Facebook comment threads? Or is there a real problem? Hang on, I'm just going to... Close the door because Don't I can smell it now. The, the you can encro- barely see. The encroaching smoke. Yo, it's Disney. Sent out some gas to stop us from doing yeah, this right, podcast. Exactly. <laughs> the, the forces of Steven Spielberg and, and uh, Kathleen Kennedy. <laughs> yeah, she heard you. Sent out some... some she put a bug ner- in this house. Nerve toxin. I don't think anything that's been said to this point has been no. particularly harsh or brutal. No. Um, and now Look, I'm going to see episode nine, aren't you? What's that? You're going to see episode nine? Are you kidding? Yeah, of course. That's why that's why all of these conversations are moving. It's like somebody, you know, uh, Steve Weintraub, who created Collider, right? Somebody, when they announced the title of the new Disney streaming service as Disney Plus, somebody, uh, his, his uh, retweet was, I'll be subscribing to this and so will you. Well, of course, Twitter being Twitter, immediately there are 12 doofuses who all go, no, not me. No, not for my wife and kids. And no, we already own all of these titles and, you know, su- super padded VHS boxes from the 90s. We're not paying for this stuff again. And it's as they're announcing new Star Wars and new Marvel live action series that will that will premiere sure, and be available ro- exclusively. Your precious Rogue One is getting a spinoff series. Did you say? No, really? A prequel. Thank uh, What's his name? Uh, who is Cassian that? Andor, played hey. by Diego Luna. There you go. Oh. From from E2 Mama Tambien taking place in the period between okay uh i'll watch that the destruction of death star 2 and return of the jedi yep. and the and rogue one or no that can't be no, no it would be rogue between be, yeah. revenge between of the sith and, and rogue one because rogue oh, yeah, one yeah, yeah. comes rogue before, before new a new hope you're right yeah yeah yeah, yeah 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 but anyway it's like you know what everybody is gonna have to have that fucking streaming service and if you say you're not you're lying you know, aside from, I mean, people who don't, don't, don't care, care about and or don't like Star Wars or Marvel, Marvel Studios. Yeah. yeah. Star Wars. 
I'm sure there'll be an Indiana Jones live action thing up there at some point. Do, after do they any of us get... have the DC OTT? No. Exactly. Do you? So, no, of course not. So there will be people who hold How that. about CBS All Access to get your <laughs> Star Trek Discovery, a.k.a. Murphy Star Brown. Trek I thought you meant Disco. for Murphy Brown. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, we should save ourselves before uh, we can't talk anymore. Well, how much time have we logged here? Well, we're good. That's why I keep giving it. We're, we're, we're Are about you missing hour. these fucking signals? We're yeah, I am. Oh, yeah, we're good. And also, that is insane. Yeah, we're dead. Yeah, it's just a big wall of white. It's the mist. It's Saturday. Something's coming in the mist. What should we call this episode? Something's coming in the mist. <laughs> the mist? The mist, I like it. Yeah, let's call it the mist. All right. Fair enough. Do you remember how we end this thing? No, we just say, I don't know. We, we give f- our Twitter handle. We do that. I'm at everything oh, on, yeah. on Camel well, Toad. Yeah, you should do it. You should do that. I'm all everything. Me, everything on Camel Toad. Karrion, where are you at? I'm at KH, but I'm kind of boring, so. You ha- you're you at KH? K-A-Y-A-Y-T-C-H-E. Oh, okay. That's, I was like, you got, what were you on Twitter first day? <laughs> do you know Jack? <laughs> you, have, you have a two character Twitter Jack. handle? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Mr. Morrissey? At this point, honestly, uh, follow me on Instagram. It's all about Instagram. Well, I would say follow me on Instagram and or Facebook as the real Jack Morrissey, which is ridiculous. But I made a split second decision after Jack Morrissey was taken. I and look good enough for Luke Evans and Hugh Jackman. So I am the real Jack Morrissey on Facebook and Instagram. I'm not really taking Facebook friend requests anymore, but you can follow this me. bitch. And note, I do not mention Twitter because on Twitter, I'm drawing it all down now. I don't care about your Twitter follows. In fact, I'm soft blocking people to cut the follows. I'm taking Twitter all the way down to like basically just who I'm following. It's going to be a and then I'm going to I'm going to close it so that nobody can view the time. You hear that? Don't even try. Fuck you, Twitter. You're welcome to. But it's mostly about Facebook and Instagram. At this point, it's mostly about Instagram. It is since since we last were with you. Yeah, that's true. It's about Instagram. Yeah. Anyway, thanks for listening. Hope you liked it. I guess we're back. Maybe I don't know. How often do we do these again? I don't well, remember. I'm in Nashville next week, so so I guess we're not doing one next week. We're not gonna do Sunday. Let's yeah, plan this out. We'll figure Sunday. it out off air. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, Kerrigan, you if you drive, then we'll make more of them. So Kerrigan will will bother us it's to, up to me. get it together. There you go. Weekly for his own budding celebrity. <laughs> I need those Instagram followers. <laughs> All right. So thanks for listening, and um, hope you liked it. And thanks everybody, hope we're here next week. I know. Something's in the mist. Yeah.